Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Love Rugby League podcast, bringing you the latest rugby league news, talking points, and exclusive interviews. Listen as fellow fans and experts discuss the burning issues in the game and share their bold predictions. We're out every Wednesday to look ahead to your rugby league weekend. Welcome to the Love Rugby League podcast. I'm George Riley. Uh, with Drew Derbyshire, the deputy editor this week of uh, Love Rugby League. Well, not just this week. I think it's slightly more secure. Well, than I, I, that, I, yeah, I have got a permanent <laughs> jo- job, George. Yeah. Um, but I'm joining you this week. Yeah. It's re- it, I'm in the absence of uh, James Gordon. He's, he's sunning it up in Sicily. Ah, well, let's hope the weather's slightly nicer than, than we've got here at the moment. You would hope so. Uh, yes, yeah, so a lot to talk about, um, not least... The latest round or the upcoming round of, uh, of Super League games, all dedicated to, to tackling the tough stuff uh, in conjunction with, with Rugby League Cares and their work uh, in welfare and, and mental health alongside Rugby League, which is a you know a real passion of mine as well. So we're going to hear later on in this week's podcast from Paul Wood, uh, one of the ambassadors, former Warrington Wolves forward, of course, working now with Rugby League Cares, also with uh, with Peter Matautia and uh, Elijah Taylor, who I've been speaking to as well. Uh, just before we, we, we get on and, and hear what are three really, really good interviews actually this week, where, where, where have you been over the weekend? What rugby league have you taken in, Drew? I was at the AJ Bell on Sunday for uh, Salford Leeds. Did you pay for parking? I managed, I, 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 did, I didn't pay for parking. You didn't? I, I £7 pounds I, normally? Yeah, but not £8 pounds this season. Was um, oh, it £8? Pounds? Right. Well, I... They, they managed. They, they let me on. And I, I was offering to pay, but uh, they, they, were, taking they, it. they let me on. Obviously, uh, thought you were a player. Well, well, well <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy with that. Um, but no, it, it was a it was a good game to be honest. Salford were were really impressive. I don't think one of their players had a bad game. I think they all stood up, did the jobs really well. Uh, Paul Rowley actually said after the game as well they'd been struggling with sickness all week. Right. Uh, Plagued throughout the squad, and, and they had a couple of COVID cases as well. I think uh, Sam Watkley being one, he won't be able to play uh, next week. But less can be said for Leeds. Uh, yeah, what about Leeds? Really you know, give me the scouting report on on my team. Actually, you know, 
coming up on the podcast when I speak to Elijah Taylor, I do I do ask him about that because Salford, obviously the first team to take on the new look leads as all Rhinos fans will hope they become under under Rowan Smith. I said, well, you know, what what did you make of them? Have they changed? And he actually highlighted a couple of things that they were surprised by Salford that that Rowan Smith has already got in there and, and done. Clearly hasn't worked yet. Uh, clearly it's going to take time to gel. But I looked at the team. You were there, so you tell me. But I looked at the Rhinos team. I thought. That's, that's not a bad tie. So in terms of names on the team sheet, that's a stronger side that Leeds have been able to put out in a long time. Yeah, I, I predicted Leeds to, to come away with the win. I thought it, it might be the, the new coach effect, in, if you like it, and what you normally see in, in sport where a coach comes in and there's immediate impact and, and the, the players are firing because ultimately the players are playing to play in, in future weeks. Um, it's a new coach, new ideas, but they, they looked... Similar to, to what they were before under JJB on, on, on the interim basis and, and obviously before that, I think I thought the, the defending was really poor. Uh, I, th- I thought Salford, credit to, the, to their outside backs, they, they managed to break through the, the Rhinos' defence far too many times. I thought they was a little bit weak in the middle as well, the Rhinos. Uh, Salford, Salford's pack rolled them. Uh, you, well, that's you effectively look, you what happened at, last time they played at the AJ Bell because that was Richard Agar's last game. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. But when you're looking at the Leeds and Salford squads in the team lineups on paper, you think Salford are going to struggle with with mm. this Leeds pack. It's enormous. Tetevano, Oledski, uh, Cameron Smith, etc. And you think, wow, the, the the Rhinos could could have a good go and and they, they could come away with the winner, which I thought would happen. But Salford. To be fair to them, we're, we're really good. Andy Acker's at hook, a dictated player, a dummy half. Uh, Callum Watkins, you could see he was up for it against his former club. He was absolutely everywhere. And I actually think it, the back row is the, the best position for, for Callum now. He's, he looks in he's great. Loving he's loving it. He looks in great physique. Mm. Uh, he's, he's put on a little bit of size as well. Uh, he just looks sharp. He, he looks like the best Callum Watkins that we've seen for some years now. Mm. Um, I think maybe 2016, 2017, Callum Watkins, um, because he, he, he just looks big, he looks aggressive, he, he looks hungry for it. And you know he what? Like that, he's got his love back for the game. That really ties in nicely with, with the theme of, of, of this podcast this week and the theme of the, this round of Super League, the tackle, the tough stuff, because it's, it's since he's, he's got himself into a good space mentally. I've, you know, I've spoken to this about him on, on, on the podcast um, with Callum. You know, he had to leave Leeds. He said he didn't want to leave Leeds when he left Leeds, but he had to leave Leeds because he was in a bad place mentally. And he just had to get away. He needed a change, which is why he took the leap at the time to go to Australia. Obviously, he's had struggles since then with his keep, you know, keeping doing his ACLs more than any player I know. But I can just tell from, from talking to him, as I've done a lot, a lot this season, you know, both professionally and personally, that you know, he's in a good place. He wants to make the World Cup. If he doesn't, it's all right. It's not the end of the world. Because it's given him that balance. Going through struggles in life, as, as, as we all do, it gives you that balance about actually what is important and what's not that important. A hundred percent. If you'd asked me at the start of the season, who would your, your England centres be? Callum Watkins would not be in there. Nowhere near, probably. And now, each week I'm, I'm seeing him play, and as each game goes by, I'm thinking, you know what, Callum Watkins has got a really good show of being England centre. I know he's playing in the back row for Salford. I was going to say, how's he doing that? By impressing in the second row? With what I think about Sean Wayne team and what he likes, he likes players big, he likes mm. players being aggressive, and I think he could be a, the, the perfect fit. I think Herbie Farnworth, he's going to be the England centre, the, the England number one well, centre. He was James like. Graham's number one choice on last, last week's He's been in great form yeah. in the NRL, and you'd expect him to go in. Obviously, you've got all the Gildart, Matt Percival a couple of other centres in, in Super League as well but I think 
Watkins has got a really good chance now, and and I I would have doubted him completely a couple of, a couple of uh, months ago, and um, but yeah, he's, he's turned his his career around, and he looks like he's loving his rugby again. Yeah, I'm, I'm so chuffed for him, and it, it's great to see him playing like he is, and hopefully he'll stay injury free as well. Uh, in terms of where I was, of course. Following my my adopted team Featherstone as I have been this year, they've even got me kitted up in the Featherstone stuff at the moment. It reminds me of a couple of years ago <laughs> when they had the, the dual registration. Part, it's like that. It? It's like that on loan from Leeds and now at Featherstone. I'm seeing Adam Cuthbertson and Brian McDermott every day. It's really weird. Um, but I was at Jewsbury with with Featherstone Rovers and yeah, they won. I'm trying to remember what the score was. It 46 26, the full time yeah. score. But Jewsbury actually, I thought tested Featherstone more than any side I've seen this year. I would include Lee in that. Really? Um, they, they really I mean Paul Sykes didn't particularly have a good game but he's still so dangerous he just and, keeps going doesn't he I uh, think, is he 41 now well he's got he's got 40 on the back of his shirt which led me to believe he's 40 I think he's coming up to his 41st birthday I think I might be wrong um, they had a lad at oh, am I going to get his name now is it Aidan McConnell fullback they had um, McGowan uh, McGowan maybe oh, Owen from Huddersfield yes yeah that's right he scored two uh, and he was fantastic. He was the home man of the match by a mile. He was absolutely brilliant. Featherstone are certainly going for it, aren't they? They've, they've pumped a lot of money into into the squad this year. Obviously, they've got a champion coach in, in Brian McDermott, who's who's the most successful coach of the Super League era. Um, it's going to be interesting to, as we go towards the back end of the season. Leah throwing a lot of money at it. They've just signed Blake Ferguson. He's yet to make his debut. Yeah, well, it, it's good as rugby league neutrals, I think, because you, you've got the eighteen ninety five cup final. Yeah, just before in two the cup weeks. final. Yeah, you've got them playing each other. Is it in June? It's coming up in, in the championship weeks, yeah, early June. Because, I think, yeah. because, in all fairness, Lee have changed a lot since that opening game of the season. They were, yeah. A lot of those players were playing together for the first time. Featherstone have been playing together for a couple of years, obviously, bar, barring the exception of, uh, of a couple of big signings that they've made. I just think we're in for a really good back end of the championship season. Yeah, it's certainly looking that way, and it's it's a it's a heavyweight battle on and off the pitch. Jonathan Ford still to be slotted in very very soon. He's now in the country, by the way. Jonathan Ford, him, he and his family have flown in from Australia, and, and Mark Carell looks like he's. Uh, well, he got so. a first half hat trick um, at the weekend, and he was absolutely brilliant. And I think having having Ford around him, um, and I'd, I'd expect Jonathan Ford to come straight into the team in time for that big cup final. By the way. Uh, as well, they did pick up a couple of injuries. Matty Wildey looked like he broke his ribs, so that may actually help them out in terms of getting forward into the team because Wildey's been playing, playing a bit of halves. Morgan Smith could go nine, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a fascinating battle. Just just on that, you know, we talk about the battle to get into Super League between those two. And actually, there's been a bit of noise in the last couple of weeks, and perhaps more so since the announcement that IMG are going to try and look at restructuring uh, the sport and advising on other things as well. Um, questions: Where Super League should go? Should it go? Should it refine to 10? We talked a bit about this on the podcast last week. Should it go to, to 14? I actually sat down with, with the Featherston chairman, Mark, uh, Mark Campbell, during the week. And bearing in mind, Featherston are the favourites to go up. So they probably, you would have thought, wouldn't want it to be changed because they would be the favourites to go up, leave Lee behind. But actually, they want 14. Mark Campbell said, I want a 14T Super League. I want Lee to come up with us and I want to lose to stay there. It, it, it seems, I don't know if. I don't know if there's, there is a growing noise around it. Certainly for next year, to me, it would make complete sense because you don't want to lose a team like Toulouse. You've tried so hard to get into Super League and they've worked so hard to see them go down. Albeit it might not be them because they beat Wakefield. Wakefield might be sweating a well, bit. Well, I'll, I'll give but you got, But you've got, you got two sides, two... Two of the... I mean, I've called them, I, I called them heavyweights last week. And Do I you know what? It, it, but be they look ready-made to yeah. go up now. Well, it'd be interesting to see 
what the score lines will be if, if Liam Featherston played the bottom half teams in the Super yeah. League at this minute because I think Liam Feather are right up there. Uh, they play some phenomenal rugby as well. Just reverting back to a couple of years ago, an idea that I was kind of pushing and people not not really caring about my opinions, <laughs> but uh, I'll, give, I'll give them anyway. But I, I always thought that there should be two, two divisions of 16, a fully... A full-time Super League and a fully part-time uh, championship, uh, which would obviously see League One be diminished. Uh, the, the teams in League One join up with the, the second tier, so you've got the likes of Swinton, Keithley, Oldham, North Wales Crusaders. They'd join the 16-team second division. It'd be really competitive. You probably wouldn't know which teams would win that part-time league. Uh, I don't, I, I'm talking a couple of years ago now as well because when London Broncos were full-time, they wanted to be in Super League. Uh, Newcastle Thunder are now a full-time club in the Championship there. I think they said last year or maybe the year before that they want to win Super League by 2030. I'm not sure that will happen, but it'd be good to have them in Super League one day, that's for sure. So London and uh, Newcastle... We're looking, I think, about... When I spoke earlier this year to Eamon O'Connell, he was on about that five years, I think, or yeah. five, six years from now to, to be in Super League was the, was the Definitely. And, and the fans love Magic Weekend at Newcastle as well, so they certainly like to, to go Newcastle for an away day. And then obviously Lee and Fev, the, the big spenders, the, the teams that are throwing a lot of money to, to get into the top division. So you keep your, your, your 12 teams that are in Super League right now, so Toulouse would remain in there with the additional four teams. I know hypothetically speaking London Broncos are now a part-time team but this was my idea a few years ago uh, and then in the second division you'd have a fully part-time uh, division and how good would that second division be because ultimately right now if you no disrespect to them Batley, Dewsbury uh, just say that Batley and Dewsbury what are they playing for for example mm. in the championship right now before the season started they knew they weren't going to win the the competition because Lee and Fev are spending ridiculous amounts in comparison. The eighteen ninety five cup, Lee and Featherston are in the championship, so they've got no chance really of getting to the eighteen ninety five cup final. So what you've got to think about is those teams. What are they actually playing for? Mm. <laughs> I d Although York got to the York got to the final last York year. York got to the final last year. Fair enough. Um, and it gave, well, it's, you know, it gave them a big lift. Chris, Chris Clarkson told me it, 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 takes, a real it takes a pr a, a, a big upset yeah. to to get there. Uh, whereas I think if you if you'd have them them two divisions, maybe going back to, to franchising is the way to go. But you'd have a full of uh, sixteen competition, which is full time. Because let's face it, Liam Featherstone and, and not far off being in pushing towards the top six in Super League to be honest I know you've got the Wigan Saints Warrington etc that, that are probably miles ahead than but, but it can the change Fair, but it can change so quickly when you go up and how you have to restructure your side I mean Toulouse isn't necessarily the best example because of what happened with Ford and Corella after they'd gone up uh, and you know they were gone but having watched a lot of worked with Toulouse in their promotion season I, I, I was of the same mindset of you I was watching Toulouse thinking that this is a this is a mid-table Super League side and then suddenly you become a Super League side and everything's different in terms of um, which players you're allowed in your squad, the, the makeup of the squad, the finances, people leaving for whatever reasons. Okay, falling Corella with the, the COVID stuff was a bit of an anomaly, but there are different challenges. That's my point. So you can't necessarily say that team is going to finish there because we don't know how it's going to change. Yeah, 100%. And what we've got to be careful of, we don't want 
the promoted team getting relegated every year. No, they, okay. we don't want to get in this situation of Lee coming up, Lee going down, Toulouse coming up, Toulouse going down, Featherstone going up, Featherstone going up. You don't you don't want it just to be the the yo-yo team all the time, um, and that's why I think we need to look at it because it, you. Toulouse are massive favourites to, to go down. They were heavy favourites at the start of the year. I'd love it if they did manage to stay up because I do like the idea of having two French teams in the Super League. Um, but it's it's likely to happen. We, we've got to face the facts. They are favourites to go down. They're at the bottom of Super League. Uh, currently, I think, only by two points. They're, they're behind Wakefield, though. But it needs looking at because, obviously, it's going back to 2020. Toronto were getting heavily beaten in every game then mm. obviously we, did, we didn't see how, how that season played out for them but they were pretty much odds on to, to go down that season and then last season we saw the, the same thing happen to Lee and I think if, if you made a, a three year exemption for example well saying that if you had the, the full time and the part time league you probably wouldn't be able to have relegation but would then you not see more entertaining rugby because mm. going back to like, uh, not last year the year before when Hockey were near the bottom Tony Smith was saying well, if there was no relegation, you'd see far more far more entertaining rugby. But, yeah, but teams play it safe, then, don't they? No, well, I mean, I don't think I don't think I want to go into the whole promotion relegation thing this week because I'll start boring myself. But for me, it's, it's it's got to be there in some form. But I do agree with protecting the team that they go up. Otherwise, what is the point, personally? And, and then you you see the same type of players yeah. moving around those clubs yeah, yeah. year on year, Absolutely. just to obviously remain in Super League. They'll sign a one year deal. Um, I think it was I think it was Matty Russell for example he, he was at uh, Toronto, Toronto 2020 yeah. obviously they suffered what, what would you even call it like, the demise yeah. uh, they, they, they suffered the demise yeah, in 2020 yeah. uh, and then 2021 he went to to Lee obviously suffered relegation with them he's, now he's gone to, to lose in 2022 yeah. but it's, it's all those same kind of players that all get floated around where obviously the, the Super League quality plays don't get me wrong but that's what will happen if you just get into this momentum of just uh, having one up one down and it's the, the yo-yo club in effect uh, just before we get into to our big interviews plural this week on the Love Rugby League podcast uh, in the tackle the tough stuff round of, of Super League you mentioned Tony Smith so just a word on that it was another very difficult weekend for KR it, it just strikes me as such a shame there was a good thing there there, were, there was a, a great Spirit, they were getting good results. They're, you know, they're on for silverware. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the coach decides he's going at the end of the year, and it's, you know, it's, it's fallen apart very, very quickly. Is there an argument to say actually, there's not much point Tony being here for the rest of the season? There's definitely that, that argument. It obviously came across to everyone as a, as a great surprise when he announced it. I was on the the, the presser at the time and. And when he initially said on the on the press, I'm going to speak first. If that's all right, I was like, "What's mm, coming?" Well, so, something's happened. Um, obviously, no one knows apart from Tony and whoever in, in the background of the club what what has happened. Uh, obviously, there's been a disagreement with with someone, um, but no one knows for for sure what's happened between Tony and, and the other person. But I think it's a, it is a, a massive shame for Car because they've been building their attendances up. The, They've, they've had a few sellouts uh, this season as well in Super League. They've built. They look like they was building on and off the field. They was bit building Craven Street, weren't they? What's gone down at, uh, as a massive treat at Craven Park as well. I just think it's a great shame with the way it's happening. Um, 
Tony Smith, you could tell the the players love playing for him. Yeah. And Willie Peters has been appointed to to succeed Smith. You th do you think it, Peters could come over early if and 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 let Smith hand the reins over to him, or does Tony want to to finish on a high with Hawkeye? They've they've won one from four. Uh, since he made that surprise announcement, it just it was, it was a, feels it was like a, a weird holding period now. Yeah, 100%. for a season that uh, they promised. And, what, and that's probably how the fans feel. That the fans probably feel like, well, what are we waiting for? Because we know Smith's going. It's the end of his tenure. There's no, there's, there's no journey that's going to go past this year. And I think it is possible that that Smith might not see the season through, he might leave the club amicably and, and then the club see if they can get Willie Peters over, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I don't know if Willie Peters will be prepared to come over early. Um, but it's just interesting, isn't it? Because there's a lot of off-contract players at Ulkia. I think I counted 14 or 13. No, I think I counted 14 last week. There's 14 off-contract players at Ulkia, which Smith won't have a say in because this is for, for next season so Peters will have to be watching every game probably watching past games as well and having to make these hard decisions on players that effectively he's not met face to face well that was just off on a slight tangent that that was what threw me so much about Zach Hardaker going back to Leeds when Leeds didn't have a coach <laughs> it's like who's making these decisions well yeah Rowan Smith's just been given the job on the other side of the world and Suddenly, Jamie Jones Buchanan's ringing Zach Hardacre up and saying, "Will you come in for the rest of the season?" Or oh, was it Heatherington? Well, Gary, Gary spoke to him as well. It was both. Um, but yeah, it was an odd one. Anyway, loads of discussion points uh, on the Love Rugby League podcast. So, if you want to have your say, get on the social channels and you know send us a message on Facebook or on Twitter, whatever. But but be kind, uh, please. Um, speaking of which, let's get into our big interviews this week. The tackle the tough stuff round in conjunction with Rugby League Cares that is going to see uh, all of the fixtures aligned under that theme uh, from, from the, uh, the Super League this weekend. And as such, we've been speaking to uh, Paul Wood, former forward, now working with Rugby League Cares, and also Peter Mataucha and Elia Taylor as well from Salford. Keep up with all things Rugby League 24-7. Head on over to loverugbyleague.com. Talk to us about how you initially got involved with rugby players. Um, I, well, I initially had a meeting with uh, Chris Rostrum, believe it or not, um, in 2019 because I'd, um, I'd retired from rugby, uh, tried my hand at coaching, worked at Lee Centurions for three years and then like, went down a career path of construction and thought yeah. I've, I didn't really want to get involved in rugby anymore. And, once I'd had about two years away from it, I've, I've like sort of did a bit of self-reflection and thought, you know what, I'd like to work in welfare. I think that's that's an avenue now that I, I really want to focus on. So I had a meeting with Chris and it, it just happened that they were putting some projects in place and they asked me to have a chat and um, I got involved in the head of the game project, got involved in the offload project within the community and it just stemmed from there really and a couple of full-time roles become available and they said, you know, if you'd like to come on full-time then, you know, we'd be more than happy to have you. So, so in that self-reflection process, what were the thoughts that was going through you and if you don't mind with that case? No, no, it's fine. Um, basically, when I played rugby, I, I loved it and I never felt like I'd had a job. Uh, where 
when I when I went into the coaching side and then I left rugby and went into the construction side, like every day just felt like a, a, a like a job and I didn't have any passion for it. So, you know, I thought, well, I've never felt like this before and if I'm gonna work until I'm about sixty five, I wanna find something I'm gonna enjoy. And I'd always had like a passion for well being. Um, so I, you know, it just I just thought, look, you know what I mean. It comes hand in hand. If I've got a passion for it, and you know, they say if you have a job you enjoy, you never work a day in your life. It was sort of one of them experiences where I thought, you know, I love I love doing this. Um, so I dipped my toe in it. And like I say, does it feel like I have a job really? So, so as a player, obviously, say you love playing your job. Were there any times that you that you did go through? A rough patch where you thought, I don't know if this is for me, like, I don't know if rugby's for me anymore, was there any thoughts about free red where you thought, I don't enjoy it, like, I don't enjoy playing? Yeah, obviously, I mean, you don't love every minute, the game's tough and, you know, form dictates sometimes the way that you feel about the game, um, whether, you know, the, the playing group that you're involved in, whether you sustain serious injury, so... I didn't enjoy every single minute, but I did come to, to realise once my career was over that actually wasn't that bad of a career, you know what I mean? Even when you was going through bad form and, you know, you had injuries, it wasn't actually that bad. You still enjoyed the day-to-day runnings of, of your life and, you know, you get paid a decent salary and, you know, you come in to train and... That's what everyone wants to do, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Like a dream job. Of course it is, yeah. I know they're not footballers' wages, but it's still the dream job. Yeah, and and I think sometimes, like, we're all guilty for this at some point, you know, like, you do take things for granted, and... um, but I did, I did love, I did love playing rugby. You know, uh, like I say, it has its frustrations, and there's, there's certain different variables that you know bring those frustrations on. But the, you know, the ending factor is that I did love what I did, and um, you know, it's it's not a job. It's definitely not a job. Um, so I, I needed to recreate that in something else and find a passion. And you know, I'm a, I'm a, I believe that that's well-being. So, in the, in your current role now, do you, do you find that players are a lot more open about talking about the feelings and maybe going through a, a shit patch in the line, rather than so what it was when you were used to where it was maybe very macho and, and very yeah, get on with it sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. I think it is, yeah. But I think like the biggest thing is like, you know, we we're asking players to open up and speak about how they feel but you know it goes a bit further than that we're you know we have to educate what the players to you know sort of create change as well so you know we can speak about how we're feeling and any issues we've got but it's it's then what solutions do we have on the back of it so i think that's why like rugby leagues work uh, well-being programs are working now because it's not just about talking about your problems and how you feel it's about educating the players to inspire change you know so you know you can you can talk all day about you know where you may be struggling with your finances or you know you're struggling with you know relationships with your teammates or struggling with relationships with family or you know you've got some form of you know stressful situation going on in your life it might be a bereavement but when we talk about it it's about right, how do we impact change how do we learn to cope with this and that's that's the key to this um, so yeah we do advise players to talk and there's more people talking but what we more advocate is change you know how do we change how do we change our perception 
because um, especially in rugby league, like I've found from my own experience and from speaking to various different players, is that when you step away from a rugby environment, it doesn't really feel like real, it, it's like the real world out there is is completely different. You know, it is the way you get treated. You know, the the terminology that you can use. You know, sometimes the drive that you have as a as a person is quite extreme to what other people are used to. So there's so many different things that you know we we need to learn to adapt and, and, and change within ourselves. Uh, Peter Matatia, great to see you first of all here and, and supporting this the Tackle the Tough Stuff project and the initiative. What, what does it mean uh, to you and what connection do you feel to it? Um, for me, it's, it's very important. Obviously, um, and everyone's got their, got their own stories. And um, for me, you know, we had a tough upbringing. Um, and the way I got, got myself and my siblings through it, if I can keep showing up every day and, and just letting, letting people know that, you know, um, no matter what we go through, you know, if you want to keep pushing, there's always a way. Um, if I keep showing up every day, knowing that I'm still here, even though what I've been through, you know, I can give um, people, you know, the next generation hope that anything's possible. We talk a lot about uh, adversity and tough times, kind of priming ourselves, don't we, and preparing ourselves for for other events in life and managing it in later life. Is that how you've managed to kind of build? Your, not only your career but your life as, as a man those, those tough times as a kid kind of life lessons for you and moulding you into the person you've become yeah 100% I don't, um, I don't regret anything I've been through um, you know I enjoy who I am today and that's because of my past um, you know reality is adversity is adversity it's going to happen no matter whether we, whether we like it or not and I think you know if we can you know, prepare ourselves as best as we can and and like I said, just keep pushing when things happen. Um, you know, it will all work out somehow for us, and that's that's just part of life, really. You know, life has a funny way of testing how bad we really want what it is we say um, we want. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's great to have you know the rugby league cares here around. Um, a great organisation, you know, for kids who are just getting into the sport, for players who are just leaving the sport, and then players like me who are still in the sport. So. Um, yeah, very humbled to have them aboard. And one of the key things, I, I guess, when we're talking mental health and, and, and that we push is, is uh, the ability and the power to talk and, and, and to open up. When you talk about you know, your tough times, and you, for yours it was, uh, it was an upbringing, a tough upbringing, uh, domestic violence. Um, when you talk about it, are you, are you comfortable? Do you find it cathartic? Do you find it useful to other people um, to share your experiences? Or is it something that actually is, is, is still quite difficult even now? No, I enjoy it, man. I love it. You know, I do workshops at schools on my own, and that's just the main thing. It's just to share my experiences. You know, I firmly believe there's not enough time in this in this world to make all the mistakes that we need to get ourselves ready for life. So, if I can share mine, then obviously, you know, kids or even adults don't have to make you know the same mistakes as I did, and they can make different ones. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know any words that are left unspoken, you know, weigh the heavier. So. And if we're not if we're not speaking it, we're storing it, and you know that 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 thing gets pretty heavy, you know, and takes a toll on a lot of people. So for me, is you know just find the courage to either speak about it. If you, if you don't want to speak about your problems, at least write it down. That way, you're not just holding it in. And making mistakes does it does it give you? I mean, obviously, we all get older, so you have that wiser head anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but when you're making mistakes now, does kind of acknowledging and processing what you've already been through. 
does that does that help see things a bit differently? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm always about the process, you know, no matter the result. Um, you know, what's more important, what you get at the end of it, or who you become during the process. And for me, it's it's who I'm trying to become as a person. And um, I enjoy making mistakes. You know, um, it's it's the only way we can learn as people. And I encourage my kids, you know, to make mistakes, to try try new things, and and just to become better people every day. And can I ask you where, where you think we are kind of as a, as a society now in terms of our understanding and our openness of mental health? Even going back, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 43. I, if I'm going back kind of 20 years when I'm becoming a, a young man, like, mental health wasn't a thing. I was struggling at the time. I didn't know because it's one of them, like, if I don't tell anyone, then I'm fine. But I look around now and I think there's more kind of mental health awareness than there's ever been. Um, you still play in a kind of a macho culture. I don't know how you are and your teammates. And have you seen a, a change in terms of looking out for each other? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, growing up, coming from school, I didn't. I was never once educated about what a mindset is or what mental health was, and which is what motivated me to you know start doing my own mindset workshops at schools. And um, you know, I've, I think I'm in my 16th year now in professional rugby league, and. I'm seeing a lot more players open up about what they're going through. Um, you know, it's 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 a daunting place to come and you know open up in front of your teammates. But you know, the last few years I've seen a lot of it. Um, you know, it's 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 cool to see the coaches encourage it as well, and even coaches to be open for you to open up to them as well. And like I said, having organisations like Rugby Cares makes a massive difference as well. And and then having past players, you know, jump on board and. And being vulnerable or showing us, um, you know, to step out of your comfort zone and, and being vulnerable is is sort of motivating, you know. Um, you see you see tough players like Paul Wood, you know, probably one of the toughest players to play playing Super League and you got him speaking, speaking out like the way he does and being very vulnerable. It's it's um, it's very motivating and makes us want to do the same as well. I've spoken to a lot of kind of past players, you know, we're talking the likes of Dennis Betts from the glory era, even even more recent, like Leon Price, and they, they all kind of say the same thing to me, like, we couldn't show a weakness because we might have lost our place in the side, or certainly that's what's going on in my head. It's such a brutal sport. If I show any weakness, that's not going to help me get a game. I almost feel like we've come a bit full circle where it's, it's pretty much a strength now, isn't it, to, to kind of be able to to talk about things that are quite difficult to talk about. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, well, like I said, when I was growing up, they used to say, you know, men don't cry, but, um, or strong people don't cry, but it, it actually takes strength to, to cry or, or strength to, you know, be vulnerable or be, be somebody that no one else has seen. Um, you know, and like I said, like, it's, it's cool to see, you know, those tough guys who, who were, who we 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 seen as people who don't get really emotional, um, open up and be very vulnerable. Um, like I said, if we we are in a fortunate position to be a rugby league athlete with the platform we have these days to to um, use our exposure and share as much as we can to to let the next generation to um to to not make the same mistakes as us. You know. Um, We've got to stop it somehow, and, and it's obviously going to start with us. Yeah, I'm a big believer in when you go through tough stuff, it makes you so, so appreciative of, yeah, of what you have, right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the good stuff. Um, just a word on this round of fixtures then. What, what would you, I mean, you, you're obviously very much in tune with your mental health and very passionate, uh, as I'm about spreading awareness and, and a greater understanding of our brains and our, you know, how, how they work and looking out for each other. What, what do you hope this, dedicating a round of fixtures to this and trying to promote and more awareness, what do you, what do you hope it's going to achieve? I hope it shows people that, you know, a lot of people don't understand that it's not the baggage we carry, it's how we carry it. 
So, like I said earlier, if, if we're not speaking it, we are storing it, and that stuff gets really heavy. And, and you know, we're not you're not alone in this. Everyone everyone goes through it. Everyone's going through it now. Somebody must have just come out of the storm. You know, um, we're all in this together. And yeah, if, if anything, I hope this just exposes that it's it's all right to speak up and, and share your pain. And just one rugby one to finish. Um, talking about tough times. Yeah. Your team have had a pretty rough season. I, I can say that as a lead fan because we're even worse. Um, but how, how difficult has it has it been for you? And how how do you think you'll get it right? Put it right. First of all, I, like I don't know one successful person who's ever had it easy. Do you know what I mean? They've all had to go through some stage of adversity to get to where they are. And you know, for us, it's it's happening right now and pretty early. Um, you know, it is it is a new. You know, obviously, I've come to a club where. They've been with the system for so long, and you know, change is hard. You know, it's hard because it's it's different, and hope, hopefully, the boys can get used to the new system, and and we can start pulling some things together. But you know, it also doesn't help when you get the best two teams that are come back to back every time. So yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. Like we don't go out there to lose on purpose. You know, we we, we want to win every game, and we are trying. And I've said this to my little brother once before. I said like. I don't know any other job where you rock up to work and you, you you face somebody who's purposely trying to make you have a bad day at work. You know, um, besides being an athlete, I don't I don't think of it. I don't know any other jobs where you know you get faced with that. You know, we try our best to win, and then we're, we're facing other people who just want to ruin our day. So it is a tough gig, but you know, not everyone's made for this sport. And um, yeah, look, I'm I'm enjoying the process, and um, yeah, we'll definitely get through the summer. Really great talking to you. Thank you for your Cheers. time. Thank you. Uh, Elijah Taylor, uh, great to see you, first of all. Great to see you here supporting the, this Tackle the Tough Stuff round. What, why do you think uh, this is important? And what, why is it important to you, do you feel? Well, everyone's going through pressures at home. Uh, everyone's going through pressures at work. Everyone's going through... Uh, stress um, life can be chaos sometimes uh, and I think this is just important to bring awareness uh, what Rugby League Cares is doing uh, for support for the players uh, support for uh, you know, not only Super League but all the uh, lower leagues as well I think it's um, you know it's, it's much needed uh, and I do it because you know if I can help someone that's a good thing. Uh, it's a positive thing, and so if I can help someone get through uh, a time, a tough time, uh, through my story, or they can relate to my story, or uh, think it's a positive for the game, and and the more stories that people can relate to, uh, the more they'll understand that you know rugby league players are not just these uh, macho men, gladiatorial playing games you know they're actually human beings that go through a lot of stress uh, go through a lot of pressure so um, if I can bring more awareness to it I'm more than willing to help you mentioned your story which you know we all have we all have stories yours is, is, is quite a story and we all have stories we all have challenges which we don't know about unless we ask or we talk and that's why talking in mental health is so important um, your story in particular is is one of, well, I guess, a real shock, a real trauma. Um, certainly, the challenges in your life when you discovered that someone was very close to you had actually robbed you of an, an extraordinary amount of money, thousands of pounds. How do you even begin 
begin to get over and process something like that? Yeah, so uh, it was a it was a very it was a massive shock. I remember the day. I'll never forget the day I found out at the at the bank. Um, yeah, I, f- I felt sick for some reason. Uh, I felt disbelief, and then I felt sick. Uh, you know, this was a person that I trusted so much. Uh, so my 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 dad passed away, and then uh, Ian Miles was there, and then he was like my new father figure as well. Then I would coincide in him, and I'd. I would uh, always look for this uh, to him for guidance, and uh, yeah, for it to happen, I was just uh, extremely disappointed. Um, it took a while to deal with it and come to terms with it. Um, I don't think it really sunk in uh, for a while the the, the bottom amount. Um, but as you're getting towards the end of your career, you're starting to. Uh, sometimes I think about it more because you know the money's not as not going to be as good as it as it has been or what it could be um, and you've got more responsibilities you get older you've got kids you've got family you need to provide and uh, yeah just coming to terms with it it took a long time um, but I felt that it was it was ruining my day uh, thinking about it I felt that it was uh, getting me down I felt that it was um hurting others around me and it just wasn't a good place to be in and it wasn't you know mentally it wasn't a good place to be in it wasn't uh, it wasn't a positive uh, place to be in and um, I've said I've said this before but the only thing that I could find that could give me that remedy is um, is forgiving them and moving on uh, and that wasn't easy to come to but as soon as I've moved on and left it my life went back to normal and I, I, could, I felt normal again I wasn't I didn't have so much tension or envy or anger inside me I didn't have no um, and I was able yeah don't get me wrong there's still you know days where I just um, think about it sometimes but it's not at the level of uh, disappointment or, or, or what you call it frustration that I used to feel because um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a pretty difficult time, but um, on the other side now, and sometimes in life you just got to move on. Um, Russell Packer, he's a, he was a former player, um, and he went to jail uh, for doing something to a bloke. Um, and he told me early in the piece, he was like, mate, just forget it, move on, because uh, that's what he did. And he got relief from that. When but, he t- but that's easier said than done. Yeah, I, I, that's what I said. I was like, I looked at him. I was like, bro, <laughs> like, you know, I, he just he stole like two hundred thousand pounds from me. You, you expect me to yeah. just move on? Um, but you know, you, as I did, I exercised all every avenue that I could try and find: um, criminal case, court case, uh, lawyers, and I exhausted all those avenues. And there was nothing else that I could do to find a remedy. Uh, and the remedy was all along. F- personally, for myself, was forgiveness and walking away. Uh, and I finally got a bit of peace from that, the peace I was looking for. So, yeah. It's an incredibly powerful process that you've been through. How do you think it's moulded you into the person that you are now? Because it's only through adversity that you know, we, well, we strengthen, but we also learn 
this is something I know personally, we learn so much about ourselves. Not only we learn a lot, as you have, about the people around you, but you must have learned so much about you, how your brain works, what you need to do to cope in, in various situations going forward. You know, lessons that you might not have had otherwise. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, that's very true. And uh, I, had a pretty, I had a pretty tough upbringing when I was younger. And I think that's helped me, uh, that kind of prepared me for uh, some of the setbacks uh, you know, that I've had in, in my life. And I've been able to uh, adapt a bit. Because um, my, my old man was really hard on me. Like, he was really, really tough on me. And that, I think how you're raised will really prepare you for how you'll be able to handle the storms when you're a lot older. I was, I was talking before, uh, you know, during the time of my childhood, bro, I hated it, uh, like it was, it was tough. But I look back and now I'm so grateful that I went through all of that when I was young and I was able to get through uh, what I've gone through today. But you learn a lot about yourself on the court case. Um, you learn that, uh, I'll say it again, bro, like uh, it's, it's weird and it doesn't, to someone that, a lot of my friends were like, bro, there's no way you can forgive that. There's no way, you, like, they said themselves, I would if and if I saw him, like, I would. And that's what they, they were saying. And, and, like, I was like, they'll only make matters worse. Um, just forgive and move on. Because um, the more you dwell on it, the more you simmer on it, the more it stirs you up. You just can't, it's just not a positive way to live your days because uh, it'll ruin your day, no doubt. Um, but yeah, that's what I definitely learned about myself. Um, it was a pretty tough uh, experience to go through and I've, I hope it happens to no one else. But uh, yeah, you live and you learn, you get stronger from that and uh, build your character definitely. And uh, I suppose... You just got to live and learn. It's life. Yeah, sometimes life is chaos. Life is unpredictable. Life will throw curveballs at you like you didn't see coming, and, uh, and you'll be able to understand that as well. And, um, sometimes you think you're in control of your life. You think you've got a good handle of things, and then something can just catch you by surprise that you never thought that could happen, and you were never prepared for that. You just didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, life is chaos, and uh, yeah, if it, you know, death in the family. Like when my dad died, that was like, that was devastating. When I was young, I was thinking it was twenty. Here's my my best friend, my someone I talk to all the time about footy. He loved footy. He comes to every game. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was really devastating at a young age too. So. Yeah, we've all got our own story, and um, yeah, sometimes life is, is pretty difficult. So this round of fixtures, you know, in conjunction with Rugby League Cares, um, it's about promoting awareness of not only the work that they do, but about about understanding our own mental health and being being there, being there for your friends, being there yeah. for each other, and looking after our own mental health. Everything that you've described, how has that um, 
you know, giving you the skills moving forward to to look after your your mental health on the on a daily basis. What you know, what little things, what kind of messages do you do you share with your teammates about looking out for each other and things to do when perhaps you're you know you're feeling in a bit of a low place or a dark place. Um, it was. Yeah, we're trying to build a culture at Salford where everyone's a, we're a tight unit, unit team uh, where we can feel comfortable to share you know, what you're going through with the senior players in our squad. Um, yeah, I've been around, I've, I've seen a lot at different NRL clubs um, and the more younger players know that there's someone to talk to in their senior squad. Mm. Uh, that could make all the difference. Uh, that could make a huge difference, and then being comfortable and able to bring up something uh, that they've not even told their wife, they haven't told their parents. They're too scared to tell their parents. Uh, you know, uh, they don't want to tell their manager. They don't want to tell the coach. Um, but then you know they'll tell a senior player, and um, I think rugby league cares has, has brought that awareness. Uh, and no doubt it's had an effect on a senior player in every NRR, every Super League team. Uh, you know that I suppose you're not just a senior player, man. You're you're someone with experience. You're, pro- you're a dad. You're a family man. You've uh, you got that experience that you can give on to a younger player coming through because uh, they're about to travel the road that you've been on. And um, and if you can better equip them with. Uh, uh, skills or tips or just knowing that you're there to talk anytime about anything confidential uh, oh man they'll, they'll give younger players or players in the squad you know that confidence just to uh, coincide and talk with a senior player and, or you ring rugby league cares and they'll be there for you and um, it's, a, it's, it's an honourable thing um, because you know they they work behind the scenes. They're not there for all the glory. They they're there to help players. I suppose at the end of the day, play their best footy for the game, uh, and they're there for all grades, not just Super League. So it's just a great thing, man. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to the Love Rugby League podcast. Know someone who shares our collective love for rugby league? Let them know about this podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Eager for more rugby league news? Visit loverugbyleague.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.